Welcome to the BAPS Better Living Podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us today. Each episode in this podcast aims to inspire each of us to take a step back from our busy lives and to actively listen to content that can enlighten us towards expanding our consciousness and towards deepening our spirituality. Listen in and let this episode inspire you. Let it encourage you to have fruitful introspections and most importantly, let it help you be better and do better. I absolutely love the fall season. The weather gets colder and it's actually nice walking outside. But it's also a reminder that the summer is over and generally so are the major vacations we take in a year. Whether it's Memorial Day, Independence Day or Labor Day, it seems everyone is just happy. Either celebrating with friends and family, enjoying a get together in the backyard or traveling. My family and I were in Chicago in July for Independence Day and the kids were running around in the backyard watching the fireworks in the night sky. To them, the holiday was about having fun. The concept of freedom doesn't truly mean much to them just yet. But honestly speaking, aside from understanding the theory of freedom from what we learn in history class during school, the experience, if you will, of freedom doesn't truly resonate with me either, given that I've been living in a free society my whole life. From a US perspective, Desiring to be free from the oppression of the British Crown, the 13 colonies banded together and collectively drafted the Declaration of Independence. For them, freedom amounted to three inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These foundational rights are the basis of the US Constitution, the very document that can be seen as the principal text for Western thought when it comes to politics, governance, and human rights. Growing up as a Swaminarayan Hindu, it was difficult to assimilate in the 1980s. No matter how well I spoke, how many friends I made, the differences were just too apparent. From the tone of my skin, to the food I ate, and to my parents being first-generation immigrants, it made me feel I was different no matter what I did. So naturally, there were times I questioned why was I so different than everyone else. But in the end, being Hindu and religious were important to me, even as a kid. So. I learned just to accept that I was just different. But something interesting happened as I grew older. Despite the preconceived notions of what Hinduism is with all the different festivals, the multitude of deities and images you find in a Hindu place of worship, also known as mandirs, there are tremendous similarities with all the other major religions of the world. While the buzzwords of liberation, salvation, nirvana, moksha are all different, in the end, the reward is the same, eternal happiness. Or better yet, in pursuing salvation, you're in the pursuit of happiness, the very inalienable right mentioned in the Declaration of Independence. If taking a step back, the pursuit of happiness must follow the other two inalienable rights, life and liberty. Without those two, how could you possibly pursue happiness? Life is life, right? There shouldn't be more to discuss than the fact that you need to be alive, well, to be alive. But let's think about it for a minute. National Geographic cites a 2011 study that estimates that there are 8.7 million different species of plants and animals that are in existence today. Of that estimate though, only 1.6 million have been identified. This number of 8.7 has changed throughout the centuries. Carl Linnaeus was a famous Swedish botanist and naturalist who is most known for creating the system of naming plants and animals, a system that we actually use today. In 1735, 
he estimated there were roughly only 4,000 types of species. As more were identified, naturalists in the late 19th century estimated more than half a million species must exist. It seems the more that we're able to properly identify, the higher our estimate goes. Interesting enough, religious scriptures in Hinduism state that there are 8.4 million types of species of life. These scriptures were written at least 1,500 years ago, if not longer. Quite impressive to be able to estimate that number such a long time ago. Irrespective of the actual number though, the point is, there are a lot of life forms out there. Hindus believe in reincarnation, where a soul goes from one life to the next until it attains a human life form. Only upon being human can one perform new karmas or deeds that could either lead to going through the 8.4 million lives again or to salvation. But even if we leave the religious aspect aside, we all could agree that without being human, the richness of life just couldn't fully be experienced. Whether it's complex reasoning, the ability to communicate multiple languages, to pursue knowledge for the sake of knowledge, or to express ourselves through art, most of these tasks can only be done in the human form. So whereas animals are preoccupied with survival, humans have evolved to spend their time in other endeavors, endeavors towards the pursuit of happiness. Being human allows us to seek our path in life that is outside of just surviving. But anytime there are infringements, limitations, or boundaries on that liberty, we immediately think it's unfair or unjust. After all, who doesn't want to live according to their own wishes to pursue happiness as they deem fit? There are a couple things to consider when we talk about limitations or boundaries though. Obviously, some rules are there for our protection and to ensure our safety. For example, stopping at a red light or not stealing from others. These type of rules make sense because in reality, we're not individuals living in isolation from one another, but rather, we're an interconnected group who live and share in the same communities, states, and nations. In order to consider our well-being and the well-being of others, we're willing to abide by certain standards. I mean, I would much rather stick to the right side of the road while driving than wanting to ex exercise my own liberty and drive on the left, not knowing if I'm going to make it home on a given day. But going past that though, there are other rules we see all the time. I'm a huge fan of basketball. The purpose of the game is quite simple. You have two teams, and the object is to score the most points. But anyone who watches basketball, or any other sport for that matter, knows there's a huge list of rules that are part of the game. You can't just decide to go out of bounds to get around a defender, or walk, run without dribbling the ball, or take more than 24 seconds to shoot the ball. If you try to, it's a turnover because you broke the rules. Are these limitations a bad thing? As a thought exercise, let's just pretend there are no rules and we can do whatever we want. What would that result in? A no-holds-barred, all-out chaotic game. With no rules, nothing prevents anyone from holding a player to stop them from scoring, or eight players just jumping on the court at the same time so they could score a little bit better. In fact, that's probably a game we just don't want to see. I absolutely love my kids. But when I see my 5-year-old trying to play soccer, and there are 10 kids in the same scrum trying to kick the ball, it's not the most tantalizing 20 minutes of my life. But once everyone agrees on the rules, now they can focus on actually getting better, or becoming the best within that rule set. That essentially results in players who abide by the same rules as everyone else, but are still able to set themselves apart. The Bill Russells of the world, the Dr. J's, Magic Johnson's, Michael Jordan's, and the Stephen Curry's of the NBA world. This of course doesn't apply just to sports. 
Nidra Glover Tavab, the author of Set Boundaries, Find Peace, A Guide to Reclaiming Yourself, a New York Times bestseller, mentions in her book, the ability to say no to yourself is a gift. If you can resist your urges, change your habits, and say yes to only what you deem truly meaningful, you'll be practicing healthy self-boundaries. So in fact, when you limit your liberties, you're actually becoming happier or becoming a better version of yourself. Why? Because you're quieting the noise around you and focusing on that which is most important to you. After all, wouldn't you want to get the most bang for your buck? We only have a finite number of hours in a day. Is it better to invest your time in a quick thrill to, that will be forgotten in a few days or months or on something that will last much longer? In religion and spirituality, the concept of limitation is important. The more you limit yourself in indulgence or desire of the worldly pleasures, you actually are experiencing liberty. No longer are you shackled by your urges, but in fact, you're free of them and find happiness and contentment in that which you have. This reminds me of a question that was asked of my late spiritual guru, Pramukhswai Maharaj, whose centennial birthday is being celebrated this year. It revolved around the idea of living life according to the rules, or dharma, also known as niyams. The question, the effects of the 21st century and its technology can already be seen. What do you have to say on this? His response, if we live a virtuous life, there will be no ill effects on us on the 21st century. Satya Yoga is coming. We hear this clarion call every day, but by living within the boundaries of dharma and niyams, staying away from addictions such as alcohol, theft, corruption, etc., we are already living in Satya Yuga. If our life is pure, we are in Satya Yuga. If individuals do not progress within, we, in spite of being in the 21st century, are in the Stone Age. Despite living in a time with massive advancements in resources, technology, and the sciences, can we really say we are better off than those humans living in the Stone Age? According to Pramukhswai Maharaj, the answer is flatly no. Having more things does not equate to more progress or happiness. It's our character that determines progress and happiness. If you boil it down, what is it that we truly want in life? It seems pretty clear. Happiness, or as the Declaration of Independence puts it, the ability to pursue happiness as a right. If all we want in life is to be happy, shouldn't we already be so? The average age of an American today is 38.5 years old. Fun fact, the youngest country in the world is Niger at 14.8 years old. But shouldn't we be good at understanding what makes us happy if we've been doing so for, or trying at least for 38.5 years? As kids, typically, games and toys brings us joy, but that joy only lasts until it breaks or we get a new toy. As teenagers, it's new clothes or phones, but again, that only lasts until the new fashion trend starts or the next iteration of the Samsung or iPhone is out. As young adults, it's getting a good job and maybe buying a car, but again, that satisfaction lasts for only so long. How about when we finally make some real money, can buy a house and go on our dream vacation? No doubt, those things do bring us happiness, but lasting happiness, it just seems to evade us as the house ages or we realize just how much we have to pay to maintain it. It seems most of the time, we go after materialistic things in the pursuit of happiness. We see the trends as we age. We buy something because it's new and shiny, but as the shine fades, so does our want for it. We then focus on the next thing, and the cycle continues and continues. 
If we know material things only brings us temporary happiness, why do we keep going back to that well? Maya Angelou, a famous poet, author, and civil rights activist, suggests a reason why we do this. She says, Somehow, we have come to the erroneous belief that we are all but flesh, blood, and bones, and that's all. So we direct our values to material things. Our pursuit of happiness is flawed precisely because we see ourselves as nothing but this physical and mortal body. While we may feel immortal, there are only two things that are certain according to Benjamin Franklin, death and taxes. To seek true happiness, we have to think of ourselves as more than just this physical body. This is the essence of most religions around the world, to believe ourselves to be the soul. This all seems heavy, I understand, but in the end, the pursuit of happiness begins and ends with us understanding we're more than this body. The liberty we seek isn't just from tyranny, but liberation from material things, including our own bodies. It's something that is absolutely difficult to do, but the only way to attain everlasting happiness. Who knew that 35 years ago as I started kindergarten, that the Declaration of Independence and my religion were telling me the same thing all along. We hope you enjoyed this Better Living episode and that it added value to your life. This episode and all content on this channel is created and managed entirely by Swamis and volunteers of BAPS from around the world. Our volunteers are continuously inspired by the sincere, transparent, and selfless lives of Brahmukhsami Maharaj, the former guru of BAPS, and Mahantswami Maharaj, the current guru of BAPS. Their character, their teachings, and work have inspired millions of people across all backgrounds, faiths, and cultures throughout the world. They have encouraged all, regardless of one's beliefs, to live a mindful, a balanced, and a harmonious life. If you enjoy content that inspires you to be better and do better, and you would like more Better Living content, follow us on Instagram and YouTube by searching for BAPS Better Living. Thank you for choosing to spend your valuable time with us.